I'm Dave. I'm Tom. I'm Rob. And this is episode 59, Dodo Nuts, first broadcast on the 8th of November 1977, Tuesday at 9pm. Richard unfortunately can't be with us today. He's off to Mauritius to see if he can find a last final dodo, but we're here to discuss the episode Dodo Nuts. Rob, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was okay. I have very little memory of this from watching it when I was a boy, other than obviously the iconic image of the dodo. But uh, look, I thought it was a middling episode. It was a sort of an older school episode. A bit of an episode of two halves, really. But I thought it was enjoyable enough, but not great. Tom? Not one of my favourites. It's, again, okay. It's a weird one to start with because it automatically starts with the goodies on opposite sides, which is harkens back to high pressure, almost. It just felt very strange. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed this episode. There are a number of very good gags. I think Graham and Tim particularly have some really good stuff to do. Uh, the dodo itself is fairly iconic in terms of the look and the sound. But that said, I did have some problems in the second half with some of the tone that I think detracted from the humour, and we'll explore that as we get along. So launching into it, it opens with a fairly ambiguous setting of the tone, which is with the cuckoo clock alarm going off and Tim shooting it. Well, again, part of the endangered species club that him and Graham were part of, and Bill was off bird watching. I was just going to say, Tim goes back into that mode of a few seasons ago where he's the, the sort of lord of the manor, the squire, who's in that uh, hunting mode. He's got that voice on and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I was going to add that as well. It's now almost a character that the goodies do. The hunting, lordy, unpleasant, if you like, sort of you know, aristocratic character that they do. And on this one, they actually have the conceit that they put on the fake beard and glasses and they, they put on the voice and enter the character and then take it off again. Interestingly enough, they then, as you said, have Bilotti doing the bird watching, where the sparrow gets shot as well. <laughs> so there's absolutely no ambiguity as to what this episode's about. It's about people hunting stuff. Yes. And that's put in very strong form, with about seven blokes shooting the sparrow at point-blank range. Yes. So you know exactly what's going. As you said, Tom, they have the Endangered Species Club. They come in, pull up a panda. <laughs> and I think Tim's sitting on a flamingo or something yes it's a pair of flamingos legs yes which they themselves don't appear to be too endangered but uh, it's a nice visual yeah it is Bill Spinelow and I actually think this whole sequence is possibly some of the best in the episode you get the bit where Graham's pulled the gun on the hideout which Bill's in and you sure it's an endangered species he is now yeah. <laughs> and I think that's uh, almost the confusing part about this episode in the, in the two halves the very first part, when you've got Bill bird watching and you've got Graham and Tim hunting, it's like they don't know each other. Bill doesn't know those two, and those two don't know Bill. But later on, it goes back to that they do. Yeah, and later on, Graham's actually being quite friendly, and he's trying to help Bill out. Yeah. And then they go back to being on opposite sides again, so it is quite weird. And they certainly pull no punches here. Like They, they explain that they're having the Endangered Species Club because it's rare, it's more fun to hunt them, and mm. that's the sport in it, and... He says, you know, shooting a bungee, that'll be no fun at all. Graham <laughs> says, hang on, let me check. Goes out the back, who's a pretty boy then? Bang. No, no fun at all. Yes. It's an interesting precursor to what happens now in Africa. I think wealthy white men from, uh, from North America can go and hunt reasonably endangered species and pay a lot of money to the preservation of other 
reasonably endangered species. So it's, it's interesting in that regard. Are we enjoying the episode at this point? I think I am. I think at, at this point, yes. It, it's taking it somewhere. Certainly the overkill in terms of the hunting scenes where there's, you know, six or seven men with, with shotguns approaching the, uh, the sort of the, for want of a better word, the aviary where the birds are, are hiding and they put the guns in there and they just blow it up. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Look, the comic value there is in the overkill, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. It is. If it wasn't such overkill, it would actually be quite unpleasant to watch, I think. And it's interesting that they've completely abandoned the whole setup of the goodies, as you were saying, Tom. They're, they're sort of against each other from the outset, and there's no attempt to remedy anything. It's simply Bill in what I assume is his traditional birdwatching attire. We all know that Bill is a great birdwatcher. Uh, this is Bill as Bill. And the others are lords of the manor and just hunting animals for whatever reason. For pleasure. And it's really different to what the normal setup is. So let me ask the question then because you touched on it Rob because we have Bill so obviously just being Bill does it make it slightly uncomfortable that Tim and Graham are being such unpleasant people in this episode look I can see why someone would find that you know it's not Bill playing a character or a caricature of himself it's essentially Bill you know the, the animal loving person that he is the bird watcher facing off against his ostensible friends who are sort of treating him manly and killing the animals that he loves. So I can see how people would find that odd. I didn't mind it personally, but I can see how people would. Mm. Yeah, I think that when all three of them are obviously playing characters, you can accept that a bit more than... But when one of them is just playing themselves, it kind of makes you feel the others might be playing more themselves. Yeah. So I just thought that was a point worth mentioning. Uh, we need to also mention the terrible pun that Bill makes after they shoot the biscuits. And he just looks and says... Crumbs, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was a good little joke. It then moves on to Bill founding the abolition of the Endangered Species Club, by which he's decided to find every endangered species in the world and put them in his office, <laughs> which, which is a feat of arc-like proportions, yes. I think. And they go through and they do some really good jokes there about how he's basically trying to make the species able to defend themselves, and he's basing it on the history of the illo. Yeah. which was a very endangered species <laughs> until it got armor and became the armored illo. <laughs> and that, I have to say that illo prop is actually quite, quite yes. good and quite funny. It's a strange little animal that lends itself to humor. Yeah. Yes. Its proportions are all out of whack. So. It does, and then you all get you know, the armored hair and a few other various uh, iterations on that. So they get to do some good prop gags at that point. Mm. They also have the bit with the exploding slug, which <laughs> defends itself by blowing up. <laughs> after Tim's attacked the slug that's blown itself up Bill says you won't be doing that again in a hurry to which Tim replies neither will the slug <laughs> but at this point Graham comes in and yeah as you say he's gone from being someone who wants to shoot all the animals and he's against Bill to basically being Bill's friend and helping him preserve the animals because he wants to give him a dodo mm. at this point he has no interest in shooting the dodo he just wants to give it to Bill as a present yes it's it's a strangely toned episode as you were saying from the outset yeah and, but... and I he went back there later on and explained that was the strategy. So, you know, Bill would have them all so they could go hunting them all as well. Oh, was that it? Yeah. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Well, there you go. So. Okay. I think this uh, this particular scene is, is distinguished by Graham, his physical comedy again. Yes. There's the bit where the dodo is appearing from behind the sofa, is that right? Yes. And he goes to reach for it and he, just, he basically throws himself onto yeah. the floor. It, uh, it's pure Graham at his best. It is pure Graham at his best. And, of course, they have the opening joke with the dodo. Oh, was it going cheap? No, it was going... <laughs> Which carries on for a little while. But you're right, this is, this is Graham just at his best, throwing himself around the studio. Mm. I wonder what the thought was in how they created the dodo puppet. Like, did they sit there and go, look, we can't make anything remotely realistic. 
So let's not try. Mm. Let's just go for like a Muppet mm. and let the laughter ensue. You reckon that's, that's the case? Or, or did they try for realistic and that's just what the BBC was able to do? I don't think so because they're very good. The goodies in particular, their manipulation of budgets to get exactly what they want because you get some of those jump cuts of you know, the dummies into people and everything else that they do mm-hmm. can be exceptional at times. I think they've deliberately gone for this Muppety look Yes, I think. It. I think they've gone for functional because they want to be able to use it in studio and out and I think they want something that is suitably exaggerated enough that its appearance will elicit laughter just by it showing up on screen. Which it does very yes. effectively. Is it at some point is it like a sock puppet? Like has Greg got his hand up at it at some point? I think at a couple of points he has and then it is the other prop where it's the sort of the feet yes. sort of moving in a circular motion. Yeah, it's a little yeah there is clearly a solid prop because there are points yeah. where Graham's got both arms around yeah. it. But yeah, you're right. I think he, someone, or Graham, has his hand up into the beak. Yeah, yeah so that he can attack It'd be himself. interesting if it was a fake Graham hand and he's <laughs> controlling it inside. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I didn't notice it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that could be a way to do it, yeah. Plus, they also make various jokes about it. It was, it was cheap at the pet shop because it was a discontinued line. <laughs> <laughs> now... We then cut to the goodies at night, where they now all share a bed. Yes. Yes. Expediency, I think, for the storyline, but it is interesting. (laughs) It it is interesting, and I wouldn't have noticed it so much had we not seen them on many occasions before, all having their own beds. Yes. And suddenly they're all sort of Bert and Ernie style (laughs) in one bed. Yes. Not that I'm casting any aspersions. Three Stooges, you know, using the same type of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm not, certainly not suggesting anything, no. not there's anything wrong with that. No, it, it's, it, it's funny where Bill and Tim wake up and there's a gap in the middle and there's a little action man figure, which I'm, I'm assuming is meant to sub in for Graham. So. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And of course they're woken up by the screams of the dodo. Which are truly, truly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So Bill is now defending the dodo, the others are sick of it and want it out of there. So Bill says, if he goes, I go, and they say, it's a deal. <laughs> So at this point, Bill has been kicked out of the goodies once again. Mm. So the next scene is the Endangered Species Club is now meeting, and as you pointed out, Tom, they've worked out that all of the endangered species are in one place, so they can go get them. Although it then turns out that because Bill put them all in the one box, they've all eaten each other. (laughs) So the dodo is now the only remaining endangered species in the world. (laughs) Which, this is, I think, another example of the goodies taking the, the comedy over the, the plot. Yeah. Because if you're trying to make an episode about the importance of protecting endangered species and your main advocate for that actually wipes them all out, mm, yes. you've probably undercut your message a little bit. But who cares? It's a funny line. And it gets them to where they need to get, which is that now they're all hunting the dodo and Bill has to protect the dodo. Yes. Which I think ultimately is where the episode was always heading, really. Yeah, look, it was. Unfortunately, though, this is where I think the episode takes a strange tone. I... Oh, Almost an unpleasant tone because you get scenes of Bill getting annoyed with the dodo and actually being quite unpleasant and threatening it and then he softens up, you know, who could hurt you? And then Graham and Tim come back and they're being particularly nasty. You know, they actually want to kill the dodo. Mm. Graham is willing to sort of, you know, chase it around with an axe. They are then, they, they actually do wipe out this creature who, you know, Bill sort of humanised, nurtured, yeah. So I found that whilst there were gags in there, because they were also interspersed with moments of them being quite unpleasant, I found it hard to get back to the laughter. Mm. I can see where you're coming from, and certainly the image of, I think it was Graham with the little hatchet in the cabin, it struck me as just being, look, I know he's going after a prop, but it, it possibly 
because you know it is an actual hatchet with an actual blade attached to it. I thought mm. maybe that is a bit over the top. Mm. And certainly the image of Bill holding the thing down and about to cut its beak off. Yes. That to me was just a little bit on the wrong side of funny. If you wanted to look at, I suppose, some motivation for that, the, the bird is damn annoying. I mean, the, the screeching of it is is something that would drive most people over the edge. But yes. I take your point, Dave, where it is perhaps a bit too full on. Yes. Now, you mentioned the screaming is very annoying. We also discover that the dodo does a lot of dodo do's. Yes. <laughs> as it's put, and it's just making little messes all over the house. Yes. I must admit, when I was a kid, I didn't really pick up on all that. A lot of that was cut. Is that right? Yes. Uh, uh, I'll go through that a bit later. Okay. We'll talk about that yeah, a little bit later then. But yeah, that would explain why I don't remember it. No. Well, there you go. Now... Bill, at this point, needs a bit of space and, I think, a bit of fresh air, given the, what the dodo's been doing. So he's trying to convince the dodo that it's safe to go outside. Of course, the dodo's scared to go outside because it's worried that Graham and Tim and the others will kill it, but unreasonably. So, to convince the dodo it's safe, Bill dresses as a dodo <laughs> to, uh, yes. to go outside. At the same time, the, the hunters have the Acme dodo lure costume, <laughs> so Tim gets dressed up as a dodo as well. And the two find them and hilarity ensues because what we have is the Walt Disney Wildlife Unit <laughs> filming them, complete with the uh, the Mickey Mouse ears as the uh, the film cans. And the, and the voiceover. Produced. And the voiceover. That is such a 70s Disney yeah. voiceover. That really uh, sort of Western American mm. uh, trying to sort of make this cute story out of the wildlife. Yes. And I think where we've sort of grown up, particularly in Australia, with the David Attenborough, very interesting but dry mm. you know, just observing what's going on and informing yes. as opposed to oh look the the husband's found the wife and they're gonna have a dance and yes was well, the whole anthropomorphizing of animals that disney does so well i mean mickey mouse clearly is a humanoid mouse and yes the, i mean i i have strong memories of, a, of being a boy uh, on, on a sunday evening here the wonderful world of disney where yes. you'd get endless array of uh, of faux document well documentaries with those sort of voiceovers yeah. yeah, they they capture it so very, very well. You get Bill and Tim doing their dodo mating dance, which is a nice little bit of humour. And in fact, one of the very few bits of filmed insert we have in this episode. Mm. Mm. Yes. The nice tango it is that they're dancing at it one point. It was a tango. <laughs> Bill then decides that the only way for the dodo to survive is if it can learn to fly, like other birds. And Graham decides to help him on this because that flying target's a more fun target. <laughs> and we then get a quite a good sequence of the various ways they try to make it fly. Uh, they have Tim kicking it off as a rugby pitch. <laughs> <laughs> they use the slingshot. They're just throwing it around. They f try to fire it out of a cannon, but it just explodes. And <laughs> you get a dodo in blackface. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate or not. <laughs> and we discover that its tail is like a feather duster, and they yes. pull it out. They just yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so look, as I say, there are laughs all the way through this. I just thought that the, the unpleasantness of it detracted a little bit. Any comments on that before we build to the conclusion? I just think it's a fun sequence, really. It is. The chase of the dodo, the dodo on the plane, and you see the machine gun, and it, it's, it's just fun. It is. Yeah, it is just fun. Of course, now at this point, the, as you said, Tom, the plane comes out. They do the Dan Busters music. It is. The, I thought that was familiar, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely the Dan Busters theme. And they just turn basically into a, well... Actually, World War One rather than World War Two uh, aerial battle. It's the, it's the biplane. Yes, it's Dodo von Richthofen. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we know if the the plane is obviously on set? It's not footage that they've taken from somewhere else. Can we assume that? 
Because he's doing barrel rolls and, and 360 turns. It's quite impressive. I would imagine that's probably stock footage. Oh, that's a pity. But I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. Interesting. But that's it, yeah, but they must have had a prop on set because they clearly have all the shots of the dodo taxiing and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's true. that's true. So, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, but hats off to the to the pilot who was doing all those barrel rolls and 360s because that's in a small old plane like that that's held together by spit and canvas. Mm. Mm. Anyway. It was, and the highlight for me of that sequence is just the absurdity of the dodo flying a plane and then in its beak picking up bombs yes. and throwing them over the side. I enjoyed Tim and Graham on the on the tandem with the ak ak gun. Yes, <laughs> which was that, hilarious. Very good use of the tandem there. The episode ends probably in the only way that it could, mm. which is that they successfully shoot the dodo down. It flies into the hut and blows up, yes. which, given it had all those you know bombs on board, I guess makes sense. Not surprising, really. And probably the leftover flatulence inside the hut. <laughs> 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 it was an impressive explosion. One of the walls just cartwheeled across the screen. It's a very good explosion, yes. and you can see the whole thing goes up, and mm. actually whole walls, yeah, just sort of float down out. On fire, so it's, yeah. it's good. At that point, I think there'll be a danger of ending the thing on a very sad note because they have just killed this dodo that, mm. as you say, you know, they've anthropomorphised and you know, really made a sort of a character. But they save it because they then go for the joke, I've discovered why the dodo was wiped out, because it's delicious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they all chow into bits of cooked dodo to the uh, finger-looking-good logo. logo, logo, logo <laughs> <on the top. laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's not a classic. I don't think anybody here's going to say it's a classic. No, no I agree. But it's certainly very enjoyable, just with a, a few little bits that, as I said, just detracted from me. Um, I say again, the shot of Bill holding an axe to a bird just was the wrong side of tasteful to me. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it's just one of those entertaining episodes. Yes. It doesn't set out to do anything too radical or make you think too hard. It's just, you know, you put it on for 30 minutes and just have fun with it, really. Yeah, and that's true. And compared to some of the other episodes we've looked at in the last few weeks or are going to look at, which do very clearly say, here is our message... Mm. They really do leave the whole, well, we need to be nice to endangered species thing just as a background trope. There's yeah. really no message in there at all, except anything you want to take away from it. Mm. Exactly. Now, the edits? Yeah, so the edits. All right, so we had uh, bits of the menu were cut from, you know, like the uh, barbecued badgers balls uh, that okay. Crane was uh, speaking about. The horror about the dodo doodos on the throne. The dodo farting as Graham discusses the problem about the diet of baked beans. And... Tim's comment, I'm not eating bloody sparrow sandwiches for six months. Oh, okay. And this is so, all by the ABC This here? is all the ABC uh, edits that we got here in Australia. So there's quite a few of them. Even when Bill threatens it with the axe, imploring her, please just go outside for a few seconds. You know, you're on a sanctuary. All that, you know, with the axe. So that, that was all cut. Even Bill dresses the dodo saying, here, here, you can take that look out of your eye, you randy little devil. If there's any lady dodos out there, I'll go and pull one for you. You know, all of that was, that was cut out. The narration to the Disney film. But despite her seeming indifference, delectable Daisy knows that deep down inside that old day measure has it all sewn up. Pretty soon she and Dennis are going to be at it like knives. Yeah, I didn't think I'd heard that so, line before. Yeah, so. no, it's a new one And me. you dirty little bird, he's sex mad he is. Yeah, so... All of that was... References to body humour and sex, dodo sex are yeah, out. out. All out. of that, so... But dodo blackface, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Dodos aren't people, Dave. <laughs> also, it was an explosion. It wasn't proper blackface. No, like, no. Well, that's like true. last no. episode. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Any final thoughts before we go into our regular segments? Rare instance of a goodies driving a car. The Land Rover. Yes, that is true. 
that takes us very nicely into our tropes and first thing. We do get a brief Land of Hope and Glory moment. Yes. Uh, I'll mention that the Trandom is there, I and mean, we don't mention every use of the Trandom, but the way that it's used here is mobile ACAT gun, yes. I think is worthy of note. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other points? Tim's hunting voice, or Lord of the Manor voice, yes. is back. Yeah. Um, two um, versus one, as we two said Two versus before. one. Graham's just absolute animal, the pratfalls that he mm. would do with mm. any, any prop. It's a trope in itself. So. Yes. That's true. What couldn't they get away with today? Oh, just shooting animals, I suppose, <laughs> in a flagrant <laughs> manner. Yeah, I, I don't think you would do some of those jokes the way they've done today, but that's really about all. I thought it was, notwithstanding the fact that it was cut to buggery here, mm. I thought it was a pretty straightforward, tame episode. Yeah, I yes. agree. Yep. All right, and that brings us on to our favourite gags. Look, I'm just going to go for the budgie in a cage. It can't be fun shooting a budgie in a cage. Oh, let's try that. Bang. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what about you? Look, I went for two. The narrator in the documentary it makes reference to the sap has risen as the two dodos are dancing around each other. <laughs> That's an old one. That's quite funny. But uh, Graham, when he comes into the office and he's, uh, he says, I'm tending to think the dodo was rendered extinct by the hand of man. And then the dodo sort of grabs him. And he just describes this arc through the air and falls behind the couch. That made it really funny for me. Yeah, I'm going to go for another Graham line as well. And that's his delivery in the exchange. Is he an endangered species? He is now. (laughs) A simple line, but done very, very effectively. So we've all had fun with this one. I think a straightforward episode. Yep, absolutely. We've got a bit of a belter to come out with next week, though, I think, with Scout Rages. Yes. So, whilst you're on your way to a scout meeting, you might take a walk through the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. You know, I've just discovered the real reason why dodos were wiped out. They're absolutely delicious.